I wouldn't sunbathe, I wouldn't wear shorts, I wouldn't go swimming, I wouldn't even let people see like an inch of my leg. I wouldn't let my best friend see my legs, I wouldn't let my mum see my legs, that's how bad it got. Hey Curl Friend, welcome back to the Curl Squad's Curl Power Podcast with me, Zoe Fox. This podcast is for the sisters that have been through some stuff in life. We lack representation, but there's something inside us now that is calling us to see just how good life can get. Throughout the episodes in this podcast, I like to share some of the most valuable lessons that I've learned in my decade plus of doing this deep personal development work that has totally transformed my life. After the sudden death of my boyfriend in 2002, My mental health spiralled out of control for around 10 years. I was experiencing suicidal thoughts. I got diagnosed with generalised anxiety disorder, depression, agoraphobia. I was experiencing regular panic attacks. I had limiting beliefs that held me back, that kept me stuck working in an industry that I hated for over 12 years. My lack of confidence kept me stuck in a new relationship which was both emotionally and financially abusive. Through making a commitment to myself and doing the deep personal work, I was able to turn it all around. I went on to graduate from Birkbeck University of London with a counselling qualification. I married the man of my dreams. I found my inner peace and happiness, which is totally priceless. I co-founded an award-winning digital marketing agency. After six years of infertility and two failed rounds of IVF, I finally got pregnant naturally and became a mum to a wonderful daughter. I started this podcast so that we can have the conversations that help us to raise our game and I turn my passion project into a reality despite sustaining a life-changing spinal cord injury at the beginning of the pandemic. So sis, what I'm trying to say is I've got some real-world experience here of resilience and thriving after trauma and I totally believe in your inner power that can help you to transform your life too. If you want to get from anxious and out of alignment to fulfilled, resilient and joyful, despite what life throws at us, you're in the right place. I know I'm not alone in having faced challenges. So let's come together, let's grow together, let's glow together and let's see what's possible. Before we get into the juice of the episode, I just want to give a big shout out to the people then that are supporting the podcast and supporting me by using the buy me a coffee link that I'll drop in the show notes. So I just want to shout out James. I want to shout out Laura and I want to shout out Hayley. I'm so glad that you enjoy the podcast and that it provides you with some nourishment. Thank you so much for supporting me. If you are a user of the old social media, you can find me on Instagram at zoe.e.fox or you can find the curl squad at the curl squad. Join us on TikTok. You know what, let me just put all the links in the show notes and you can decide what works best for you. I had some great feedback on the Anxious Thoughts episode. I'm so glad that people are finding use in it. This is why I think it's so important for me to share my experience because I know when I've been at points in my life where I've just been struggling, to have had someone who's been there and come through it to impart a little bit of their knowledge and wisdom, I so could have done with that. So it's basically my human duty, I believe, to share whatever I've learned in the hope that it might just help start a little bit of a chain reaction for somebody out there. And from the feedback I've been having about the episodes, I know that's happening. So yeah, man, I just get goosebumps when I think about that. So I'm really glad that people are finding benefit. So with that said, let me shut up and crack on with the episode. This one is all about negative self-talk and body image. 
A lot of women that I speak to and a lot of women that participated in the survey have pinned their happiness on a future event, something that they don't currently have, something that they're trying to attain. I think it's quite common that we tell ourselves that once we get to a certain outcome, that's when we're going to be happy. But you know what I've come to realise, sis? It's just not true. We have to find our happiness where we're at. If you can master the art of finding your happiness in the absence of the house, the car, the body, the whatever it is that you're pinning your future happiness on. If you can find your happiness in the absence of all this, then you've mastered the game of life. And in the past, I've described healing as being like an onion. It's layers, lots of layers. You've got that tough, hard skin on the outside. Once you start to put in the deep work to heal that outer layer of skin, you think the work's done, but it's not. Once you've got through that layer, what's waiting for you? Another layer. So our experiences, they kind of stack up one on top of the other. And unless you're consciously and actively resolving things as they arise, it's easy for them to start to compound a bit. It's like sedimentary rock. I remember learning about that at school, all these different layers that build up over time. Now, it's our duty, once we become mindful, is to pull out our pneumatic drills and start drilling down through these layers until we can get to the bottom get to the very core, the things that have been stuffed away as other things have overtaken them. But these things that are stuck right at the bottom of this onion, the very core of this onion, can often be responsible for a lot of our behavioural patterns. So if we see the core of this onion, typically our inner child, a lot of the stuff that happens at the core is stuff that happened when we were younger and all the other layers of stuff that's happened on top of that. Now, as I've said, I've been putting the work in for over 10 years to chip away at these layers. And some of these layers have been super tough, so tough that they've sort of left the core of the onion feeling rather insignificant by comparison. So one of the layers of my onion that's needed addressing is that of negative self-talk and body image. And I'm not sitting here as some final product preaching to you all about what you should do to live your lives. I'm speaking to you as a person who is still putting in the work, still peeling back the layers, still trying to undo these unhelpful patterns that have been holding me back. I've suffered with some seriously deep and extreme issues with body image for decades. And it all started off with some nasty comments at school from boys and girls, because I ended up changing schools, but at the first, and this is secondary school, and the first secondary school I went to was an all-girls school. Oh, it was like a school from the pits of hell. Some really nasty girls, some really bitchy girls, and some throwaway comments that just stuck with me forever. I used to get called tree trunk legs all the time at school, and it hurt. It really hurt. And you know what? Looking back, my legs weren't even that big at the time. But the things that these girls said, I really took them to heart. I also got scolded by one of the teachers at school who said that I was showing too much leg. My skirt wasn't even any shorter than any of the other girls. In fact, compared to some of the other girls who basically had extended belts, 
My skirt was a perfectly respectable length. It was just above the knee. But she said that I was showing too much leg. But the thing is, when I was younger, I hit puberty super early. So I had a very womanly physique from quite young, really. But because I'd already had all these girls saying, oh, you've got tree trunk legs, you've got tree trunk legs. When the teacher then mentioned about me showing too much leg, that was something else that layered on top of what they said that then just bolstered this sort of idea that my legs were problematic. And because I was super tall as a kid, like I'm five foot nine now, I've been five foot nine since I was at school. I just grew really quickly. I was like the tallest in the school. When I got to secondary school, everybody thought I was a sixth former, but I wasn't. I was just a first year senior and um, sort of looking older meant that the way people interacted with me was not necessarily age appropriate, really, because I looked so much older than I was. So I stopped wearing skirts altogether. I kept myself hidden, didn't want anyone looking at my legs. Then when I left school, when I was 18, my boyfriend died very suddenly. There's another episode about that. If you don't know that story, you can check that out. But after he died, my weight just ballooned. It felt to me like it was almost overnight. I don't remember particularly eating loads or anything like that. In fact, quite the opposite. I remember periods of just not wanting to eat anything at all. But at this point, I was the biggest I've ever been. And being a plus size in the early 2000s, that was not fun. Plus size fashion, if you want to call it fashion, it was not fashionable. And to be 18 <laughs> and having to wear some of this big frumpy stuff, which just didn't look cool, that was a confidence killer. Like in the early 2000s, there was this big knee high boot craze and everybody was wearing these knee high boots. I couldn't get knee high boots to fit my calves. So now, it wasn't only the girls at school who had horrible things to say. It wasn't only the boys at school or the teacher at school that had something to say. Now the fact that I can't get boots to fit is reinforcing this idea that I have indeed got tree trunk legs. Back in the early 2000s, we didn't have all this boohoo and ASOS with their plus size range. The only shop that we really had was Evans. It was basically the only plus size store in our city centre and it wasn't fashionable. It was not fashionable. It was embarrassing. I remember feeling like I was dressing like I was 45 years old when I was only 18. And I mean, now I'm like, I'm pushing 40. I'm like, 45 isn't that old. But the fashion to me just felt old and frumpy is the best way I can describe it. And bless my mum, she always did what she could to help me feel good and to take me into town to get me things. And, you know, she really encouraged me. But nothing that she said made a blind bit of difference. I've made up my mind that I was fat, ugly and unworthy. And man, I really took it to the extreme. I remember thinking, why can't I be one of these women that when they experience trauma, you know, you know, you get people who experience trauma and then they lose loads of weight. Why can't I be one of those people? I kept myself covered up in huge clothes. In fact, I got known by my friend's parents for being the one that was always wearing huge coats, even in its sun, even when it's sunny. Man's not hot vibes. Man was hot. Man was sweating, but man didn't want to take off man's jacket because I didn't want to draw attention to myself. But the irony of that, thinking that I was hiding, but actually I was making myself stand out even more by wearing these huge clothes. I wouldn't sunbathe. I wouldn't wear shorts, I wouldn't go swimming, I wouldn't even let people see like an inch of my leg. 
I wouldn't let my best friend see my legs. I wouldn't let my mum see my legs. That's how bad it got. No shorts, no leggings. And then we had this skinny jean trend, which just seemed to last forever. It was bad enough as it was, you know. I couldn't even get jeans to go around my calves in Levi's. And now they're introducing this skinny jean range, which to me was just mortifying because there was nothing else available. Only skinny jeans, my worst nightmare. I wouldn't let anyone walk behind me. I didn't want anyone to stand behind me. You know, if you're on an escalator or something and it means that you're slightly elevated, I'd be literally contorting my legs to just try and look slimmer. I just felt so awkward. I just hated it. I didn't want no eyes on me. I hated myself, absolutely hated myself. And you know, it is a fact, my legs are bigger than most. I remember when I used to travel into work on the tube, I'd be sitting next to men, big men, and you know how you're sitting and you've got like your legs next to them and I'm looking at their knees, the width of their knees, and I'm thinking, my knees are huge. Why are my legs so big? Like my legs are bigger than all of these men. So all of this sort of stuff was just, Layering, 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 giving me more reasons to hide, more reasons to hate myself, more reasons to be ashamed of myself. And not only are my legs big, but they're incredi incredibly painful, really painful to touch. Literally, you've only got a pressure finger on my leg. And now with my little girl, oh my gosh, when she's crawling all over me, it's really, really painful. So I was actually going through the process of being assessed for a condition called lipedema. Lipedema is a condition, I'm reading this from the Bupa website now, that causes abnormal fatty deposits to build up unevenly. It usually affects your hips, thighs, but can sometimes affect your arms. It nearly always affects women and the affected areas are often painful to touch and bruise easily. Unfortunately, there's no cure, but treatment is available and research is ongoing. So, yeah, I mean... It ended up taking a back seat in terms of the investigations because IVF, baby, spinal cord injury, all of that happened. So it's just taking a back seat. So this is one of the joys of the internet, really, because I'd just grown up feeling very alone, very different because of my legs. And um, it was only then when I, I think I put into Google something about big legs, then I saw this thing about lipedema and then I came to discover all of these women that are suffering with this condition that is relatively um, unrecognised. I think it's getting better now as the years have gone by so I think I do need to take another trip to the doctor soon and um, get this assessment in place to see if there's any support that I can get with that. But there's a lot of women suffering and one of the big things with this condition, one of the things that led me to believe this is what I was experiencing is because it doesn't matter how much weight you lose, very often the weight in the legs doesn't change. Now, I became addicted to going to the gym. I was working super hard consistently and even though the rest of my body was in great shape, my arms did pretty well, um, you know, my, my waist, my stomach, all of that sort of stuff came down nicely, but my legs barely changed. And this was one of the frustrating things because when I was going to my doctor in the past, it was just like, oh, well, you need to lose weight, you need to lose weight. And because I am quite tall and I am quite a dense human, even at my very slimmest, the scales are still quite high. But the doctors are still saying, well, you need to lose weight, you need to lose weight. So I'm losing weight, but nothing's changing. So I actually went through a phase of then making myself sick after I'd eaten. 
and then I was racked with guilt and then I would eat and then I'd be sick and and then I'd punish myself because I was like you're too greedy to even become anorexic like what the hell kind of mindset is that I remember getting on the tube one day and I had my headphones in my ears but I wasn't actually listening to anything and these two young guys got on after me and I heard one say to the other that I had tree trunk legs and you know what it really hurt and obviously I could hear him he didn't know I could hear but I got really upset and it just took me straight back then to the comments in school at this point you know I'm in my 20s and this is this lad's young he shouldn't even be watching me like that he made a mindless comment in front of his friend for a cheap laugh but it hurt me to the core so I mean this time I'm a big woman so I did actually speak up Imagine having a son that abuses women in public. Like, this is the thing. Like, what is up with people? Why can't people just mind their own business and mind their own bodies? Why do people feel the need to put other people down? Other people's body shape is none of your business. What would it be like if we lived in a more compassionate society where people weren't so judgmental? Imagine being so detached from yourself that you find amusement in bringing other people down. I just don't get it. I really don't. And I hope that everybody out there who's raising children is raising them to be kind, compassionate, non-judgmental, because I tell you what, the world has got enough of that judgment. And newsflash, you know what, ladies? We were not put on this earth just to be eye candy for men. But a lot of the time, it's women that are the most critical, you know, and... That's because, again, we've been conditioned by the patriarchy with regards to body types and preferences and what is, um, what's acceptable when it comes down to the human physique. But if you look back over history, over time, if we take ourselves out of England and the Western uh, beauty, beauty ideals, there's other places in the world that appreciate a bit of chunk. Do you know what I mean? So it's just because of where we live. We've been conditioned to believe that you've got to be this, you know, size 8, size 10, whatever. Especially when I was growing up in this whole supermodel era. I think things are different now. I feel very grateful for social media and the rise of the body confidence movement. But even with this whole self-acceptance and body confidence movement, if you do have this internalised self-hatred that you have conditioned yourself with, and that's been backed up by nasty comments that other people have said plus the clothing and the design of fashion that is also colluding to tell you that you know what you're not good enough you are not how you should be it's really hard to undo that damage i'm not pretending it's easy and this is the one of the things about trying to find happiness where you are because even when i was at my very slimmest when i was going to the gym the most when from the outside world, I suppose, I looked my best. All I could see was a big fat pig. I don't even think that in this episode I'm really doing justice to just how much I despised myself. I was abusive to myself. And I know I'm not the only woman who's doing this. Anytime I caught a glimpse of myself in the mirror, judgment. Anytime I put on clothes, judgment. I wouldn't even want to see myself naked. I despised shopping trips. I despised changing rooms. I hated going into changing rooms and trying on clothes. I'd so often end up in tears. What an awful friend I was to myself. 
Could you imagine hanging around with a friend 24-7 who was constantly calling you ugly and fat and vile? What is that going to do for your confidence? I'd like to think that you wouldn't tolerate that from any of your friends. Again, so why are we tolerating this from ourselves? We can be our own worst critics. There is no judgment like the judgment that we put on ourselves. I remember on my wedding day being really anxious to go out because I had a sleepless dress. I was, oh, I felt sick at the thought of anybody looking at me in my wedding dress. And I look back at the pictures now and I'm like, oh my God, you absolute mug. Look at what I would do to get that body back now. Because now I've had my baby, I've had my spinal cord injury. I'm the biggest I've ever been. But you know what, sis? I'm the happiest. I'm the most content. I'm more in love with myself now than I ever have been before. And this is me at my biggest. I am juicy right about now. <laughs> I've got a belly overhanging in a way that it's never overhung before. My arms are the biggest they've ever been before. But you know what? When I was in hospital thinking I was never going to walk again because of paralysis, I started seeing my legs in a very different way. Now I'm starting to give thanks for my legs. I give thanks to my legs for the movement. I give thanks to my legs for walking me through now almost 39 years of life. I give thanks for my legs for never giving up on me. I give thanks for my legs that still keep going despite my spinal cord injury. Give thanks. And it was actually when I was in hospital um, for my spinal cord injury rehab that when I was going into hospital, they said, bring a swimming costume. And I was like, swimming costume. No, please, no. Because I've still got these ideas about my legs and that the fact that they're so disgusting that they shouldn't be seen. So my stomach was turning. But bless my mum. This is what I mean. My mum has always had my back, always trying to help me feel good. She managed to find online a swimming costume. It's basically like cycling shorts and a vest, which made me feel much more comfortable. And I remember putting them on and then we had I had hydrotherapy as part of my rehab. So I put my swimming costume on. The first time I've worn a swimming costume in, well, I can't even tell you. Since I was at school, literally that's how long it has been since I'd worn any any sort of swimming costume. And there I was with my legs out. My amazing legs. But it was so interesting for me to have gone from just constantly verbally abusing myself to now all of a sudden giving deep thanks and deep gratitude and willing my legs on to move, to keep getting stronger. What a total reframe. Now I was grateful for the function of my legs. And you know what? I did begin to question whether I'd actually manifested my spinal cord injury because all I'd ever done is bitch and moan and put myself down and basically speak my hatred into my legs consistently at every given opportunity, I started thinking, I've manifested this injury. I was so ungrateful for the body that I had that my my body basically just said, F you, homie. Do you know what I mean? Like, I've got you through life and you're hating on me like this, you ungrateful little human. So then the universe was like, okay, you're not grateful for your legs? Let me give you a reason to be grateful for your legs. Kapam! Lick you down with spinal cord injury. Now tell me how much you hate your legs. (laughs) So after over 20 years of self-abuse, I was like, you know what? 
it is time to start loving the human skin suit that I'm in. It's time to start embracing it. One life in this body, that's all we've got. Are we really going to waste our life away hating this human skin suit that we've been blessed with? This human skin suit that allows us to experience earth, feelings, emotions, textures, sensations. We're just a soul that's borrowing this vessel. So why am I not allowing this vessel to experience life to the fullest? After my injury, when I could barely walk, I just started thinking back over my life. All of the things I'd turned down, all of the moments I'd missed out on, all of the times I'd hidden away. But you know what? I'm raising a daughter now and I've got a new opportunity to embrace my miraculous and hardworking body. I can't let my issues filter down into my daughter. I owe it to her. I owe it to myself. And I owe it to all the other women that think that they have to hide away because their bodies in their minds are less than perfect. If I can stand up and be empowered, then hopefully that will give permission for another woman to think, well, you know what, if she's doing it, if she can do it, let me just live my life. Bun the people that have got something to say, sis. They're the ones that need to be doing the deep personal work on themselves. If you're so busy that you're looking at other people with such harsh judgment, what are you deflecting? What are you avoiding looking at within yourself? Don't take their nastiness personally, sis. That is their weight to bear, not yours. So it's time to start being really mindful of your self-talk. It's time to start whispering words of love and appreciation to yourself. Instead of being that harsh, critical, unkind friend that nobody needs. Stop beating yourself with that stick of self-abuse. Because that's what it is. And sis, if you're tolerating abuse from yourself, what energy are you putting out there about your worthiness, about your self-worth? If you don't see yourself as worthy, what else are you accepting in life that is less than ideal? What else are you tolerating? Who else's abuse are you accepting? I mean, I'm very lucky in the respect that when I got together when I met my husband and when we got together he really helped me to start to feel beautiful and I appreciated that but in many respects you know it still didn't matter what anybody else said because the work it has to start within it comes from self not anybody else and it's like at the time isn't it you know like back in the day when people used to say to me oh you're beautiful oh you know you shouldn't hide you shouldn't do this it doesn't matter what anyone else says and I get that it doesn't matter how beautiful anybody tells you you are if you don't believe it yourself. I totally get that. So when I left rehab, my physio told me that swimming was going to be a really good exercise for me. Still with these old wounds of the past, I was a little bit like, okay, if I must. Swimming was always something that I used to love doing as a kid. My dad was into scuba diving back in the day, so we used to really enjoy going to the pool with him. And um, yeah, I just used to love swimming. So there was part of me that was like, well, maybe it's something that I can get stuck back into. But then also there's this big wall that I put up inside that says swimming costumes. No. Like other than my hydrotherapy session in rehab, I hadn't stepped into a swimming pool in my adult life. 
But now my friend Hayley G, shout out to Hayley G. She just very casually was like, let's go swimming. I don't even think she, she'll discover it through listening to this podcast, no doubt. But I don't think she really understands like the depths of my self-hatred of the past. But I thought, you know what, this is a new opportunity now for me to leave the past behind me and for me to just say yes. Yes to a new me, yes to a new possibility, yes to a new sense of self-acceptance, yes to a new sense of self-love and self-worthiness and self-deserving. So I said, yeah. And I went swimming. And guess what? No one looked at me. No one cared. Everybody was just busy doing their own thing. I didn't explode. I didn't self-combust. I didn't die. I had a great time. It felt good being in the water. I felt unlimited by my body. I was getting into it. It was great. I felt like I wasn't disabled when I was in the water, which was a beautiful experience. So am I going to hold the weight of the bullies of the past? When I say the bullies, I include myself in that. No, I'm not. I'm saying yes to my future now. I'm saying yes to getting the legs out. I'm saying yes to liberating the tree trunks. And if you don't like my big legs, you know what you can do. You can look away because my legs, they're not your business. Not yours because you're my friends listening to the podcast, I know. But I'm just speaking to the nasty people out there that judge. We're lucky to be in a time now where we're being increasingly exposed to more body types. Brands are being much more inclusive about their sizing. There's still a lot of work to go. And you know what? I'm glad that they're catching up. Because just because they're not making the sizes for us doesn't mean that we didn't exist. We're still out there. We still need clothes. We still want to feel nice. We still want to feel fashionable. So amen that the brands are finally catching up with that. And shout out to all the sisters that are out there on social media that are pushing the message of body confidence or body acceptance. Don't get me wrong. I don't think tomorrow I'm going to be in my pants wiggling and jiggling on social media. This stuff has been so deeply ingrained for so many years that it's basically become a part of my personality now. I've still got a lot of deep work to do on this area. And if any of this episode has resonated with you too, I want you to join me. Join me in taking on that deep work to realise just how worthy you are. My sis, it is an insult to your soul to not live life to the fullest because you're so caught up with the physical aspect of your being. You are so much more than your body. You are a beautiful divine soul who's here for a reason. And you've got a duty really to yourself to live your life to the fullest. I'm unpacking over 25 years of deep problematic thinking. We're not always going to heal overnight. You know, it's going to take time. We've got to take risks. We've got to get out of our comfort zone. Like yesterday, I got the guns out. I wore a sleeveless top for the first time in a long time. And guess what? Same thing. No one exploded. I didn't combust. No one died. No one vomited. So it's time for us to take out that metaphorical pneumatic drill, sis, and start drilling down into these layers of healing. Let's start putting in the work consistently so that we can overcome all of this stuff that's been holding us back. Take little risks. Do little experiments. Wear the shorts. Go out without the sleeves. Wear that crop top. It's okay to accept yourself where you are and still have the ambition if you desire to want to improve. But let that be for your health, not because of how society is saying that you should look. 
as women, we all too easily get stuck in these cycles of shame and guilt and self-punishment. So we really need to make it our responsibility to be super mindful of this internal dialogue that we're having with ourselves. It's time to become your own best friend again, sis. So the task for today, you know, I like a little exercise in this podcast, because this is the work that we have to do consistently that helps us to get the results. So this one is about mirror work. I want you to take some time today to connect with yourself in the mirror. And it feels a bit weird at first, I'm not going to lie. But find a mirror. As always, take a few deep breaths, allow yourself just to get grounded in the moment. Connect with the moment, connect with yourself. I want you to look at yourself and forgive yourself for being your own worst enemy. I want you to forgive yourself for being your own worst critic. There's a Hawaiian teaching called Ho'oponopono and it's basically about forgiving yourself and loving yourself. And there's a little mantra which basically translates to, I'm sorry, please forgive me, thank you, and I love you. Just take some time to repeat that mantra to yourself. Look yourself in the eye. You might even feel some emotion coming up because you start to realise just how cruel you've been to yourself and how you really haven't deserved it. Try and do it as many times as you can. Repeat it day after day until the point where you start to feel it. The first few times you're saying it, you might not be able to connect with it, especially if you've been so accustomed to being so self-critical. Just look yourself in the eye, sis. Stand in the mirror, look in the mirror. Look into your eyes. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. How does that feel? Do you believe yourself when you say that? Or does it feel quite natural to love yourself? If it doesn't, sis, there's work to do. Take the time to do the work daily. It's time for your inner critic to pack her bags and move on out. It's time to start honouring your body. It's time to start normalising a variety of body types so that we can set ourselves free. Life is for living, sis. And you deserve to live. So thank you for listening to this episode of the podcast. If it resonated with you specifically, sis, I love you. I want you to know you're beautiful, man. You are not the sum parts of your physical. If you know someone that might benefit from hearing this episode, please do share it. Let's start a chain reaction of deep self-love and self-acceptance. Imagine what else is possible once we get out of our own way. So if you're a woman that is feeling anxious, overwhelmed, and you feel as though you're not reaching your potential, I'm offering a 45 minute discovery call to help you identify a three-step game plan to help you start moving to more fulfillment, more resilience, and a deeper connection with your intuition. In this call, we'll look at where you're feeling a bit stuck and what you'd like to achieve. And you're thinking probably at this point, well, why are you offering these calls for free? Well, there isn't a catch. But if we do make a good fit and you're excited about doing some deeper work, I can help you structure that so that you can get the best possible outcomes and results. That's what I'm here for. Worst case scenario, you get to take something away from our chat that will hopefully just get you taking some steps onto your journey to a more fulfilled and connected life. Win-win.
You can book a call using the link in the show notes. That's on the Curl Squad website. Work with Zoe. There's a calendar there, um, a linked Calendly, so you can book a time that works for you. If there's no slots that work, then drop me an email at zoe at thecurlsquad.com. If you have found nourishment in this episode and you would like to leave a tip, it's always gratefully received. You can do that at buymeacoffee.com forward slash curlsquad. Again, link in the show notes. And did you know that you can rate the podcast? If so, and you're a regular listener that has enjoyed the ride so far and you'd like to let other people know just how much you enjoy the Curl Squad's Curl Power podcast, you can leave a review. If you're an Apple listener, you can leave a rating and a comment about what you really enjoy. Or if you're a Spotify user, you can also leave a star rating. If you're feeling generous, give us five. If you're not feeling generous, don't leave a rating. <laughs> no, I'm only joking. <laughs> well, I'm not, am I? Let's be honest. <laughs> Good Pods heads, you can also rate and review over there. And what's amazing about Good Pods is you can rate and review each episode, which is really cool. I can get some nice specific feedback. These are the little things that I truly appreciate, really. It just helps me to get feedback about the podcast, helps me to read the room, let me know what topics are resonating with you and what else you might like me to cover. So, my friend, on that note, big love and blessings for the week ahead. I really appreciate having your ear. We're on this journey together, sis. Let's go and figure out what's possible. Big love, peace out, and I'll catch you next week. <laughs>